Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know what time it is. It's time to get funny, funny like a clown. I'm your host, Dennis Worth. This is Funny Like a Clown Podcast, episode 118, July 20th, 2021. Um, hey, we're going, well, not too far back, but a little bit far back, exploring the history of comedy here. Today, we're going to be discussing Mr. Richard Lewis, uh, a veteran, a uh, longtime uh, staple on the comedy scene. As always, today's episode is brought to you by the G Vegas Buffalo Sauce. Great stuff, man. I love buffalo. Hooked on buffalo sauce. Available at www.gvegas.webs.com. And, uh, you know, I just tried them today for the first time. I don't know, but uh, hard-boiled eggs in buffalo sauce. And they were good, okay? And they're only going to get better with G Vegas. Um, all right, Richard Lewis, man. Um, what can we tell you about this guy? A comedian, actor, uh, known for the TV series Anything But Love from 89 to 92 that ran. HBO's Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, 2000 to present. Uh, and he started out, uh, start out as a class clown, which, I mean, uh, a lot of comedians, you know, you go back, you know, were you the class clown? or Most people say they weren't, but, I mean, uh, a lot of comedians, they were the class clown. Starts out in school. You make friends laugh. Uh, remember uh, Freddie Prince. He started out making his friends laugh in the, you know, the, the bathrooms. You know, that was where you hung out get away from the teachers and he'd just make his friends laugh in there. And that's how about uh, Richard Lewis. He was the class clown, but it wasn't received well by teachers. I guess his parents said that he got in a lot of trouble for, you know, doing too many jokes. And uh, remember I was in there, man, I remember one time a teacher, I guess she having a bad day or something. There was looking at a map and the map, I think of Africa it was, I, I guess it was pink on the map or purple. Yeah, it was purple. And she said, what can you tell me what's different about, Africa than the United States and I said it's purple because it was a joke because that was what the color of the continent was on and she threw me out of the class and sent me back to the homeroom and I think when I got to the homeroom she had <laughs> how come they sent me back early I don't know man let's ask her <laughs> then she was twice as furious because I didn't tell her what was going on but uh because I made her look like the fool instead of her trying to make me look like the fool welcome to school all right welcome to being the class clown in school that's what happens uh who knows uh, during the 1970s, uh, he was a copyright for an ad agency by day, and he dabbled in the stand-up comedy scene at night, which uh, nobody starts at the top. You know, you got to work your day job, and then you got to head on out to the, the, the local open mic or potluck or whatever they called it back then, and uh, give it a shot. Hope you get good at it. Hope you get noticed. Hope it leads to something. You never know. You never, never know. Um, started to gain popularity in the 80s. So, I mean, you know, 70s, 80s, you're talking around a 10 year span, you know, starts catching his groove. He's starting to pair on places like David Letterman. Uh, got his own HBO specials, which uh, back then I know it's, it's what it's uh, Netflix now. Before that, it was Comedy Central. But uh, back in the day, you had your own comedy HBO special. Ho, ho, ho. That was the top of the game right there. Um, he was noticed for always wearing black, which uh, 
Remember, that was a Johnny Cash thing, too. It looks like he's going to a funeral, Johnny Cash. Well, <laughs> Richard Lewis was that guy in comedy where he was a yellow square black. Looked like he was going to a funeral. Um, then his acting debut in Diary of a Young Comic. Um, he was with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in Anything But Love. And uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, what a veteran actor. I just saw her in uh, I think the other night with the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie she did there and uh, True Lies. And, uh, geez, what an amazing job she did. <laughs> She's just just such a great actor. Uh, I remember back in what Trading Places with Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte. Just, uh, man, she's getting up there in age, too. But I'll tell you, if you're up there in age, man, she can still bring it. Uh, she's like one of those shares. Shares, Jamie Lee Curtis. They're, they're in a class in the room where they just don't age. They just get better. Uh, they say, you know what, uh, <laughs> women grow old and men grow distinguished. Well, uh. There's a, a couple of women right there who uh, can hold the room with the men because they stood the test of time. Uh, let's see. Uh, he's working with Don Rickles and uh, Daddy Dearest. So, I mean, you know, these are some of the people at the top of the game back then. Jamie Lee Curtis during that time. Don Rickles, the godfather of comedy itself. Uh, come on. You're working with all these big names. You're hitting your stride in the old comedy scene. Um. What else did he have rules on? Uh, he had rules on uh, Rude Awakening, uh, Seventh Heaven, uh, Tales from the Crypt, which uh, you go back to Tales from the Crypt, you'd be amazed at how many like big stars were on that series. And and I don't think it was like a cable television series, too. That's the thing, which, you know, you always think the big stars are doing like the major NBCs and ABC, CBSs back then. It's like Tales from the Crypt, it was just this tiny, you know, tiny show. But, man, they got the big names on there. And... Uh, of course, you know, since then it's turned into a cult classic, but I mean, back then it was, uh, it was a thing. I remember kids used to say they used to hide under their covers and watch it because a little puppet there, they, they were scared of me, it looked so creepy and stuff, but uh, classic, classic television series. Uh, the George Lopez Show, um, that was one hot show there for a while, for sure. And uh, let's see, Conan, Conan kind of <laughs> messed up his gig there, but... Uh, uh, he's still around. Uh, let's see. Uh, he had cameos and everybody hates Chris. Uh, Chris Rock's show right there. Uh, Two and a Half Men, number one TV show on television. Uh, still aggravates me how they ended that Jason Crow. Worst ending. They, they should have just bit the bullet, brought, brought uh, Charlie Sheen back and just ended and gave the fans what they wanted. Instead, it was like this stupid, stupid ending to a classic television show. But still the number one show. And uh, hey, he was on it. Um, you know, it reminds me, you know, you, you bring in a, a guy like, you know, Richard Lewis and, uh, it's, it's someone you want to work with, you know? So, I mean, it's like, he's on two and a half men. This is somebody they probably idolized in the comedy world and Hey, we'll bring him on our now. We're now, we're the next generation. But we're going to pay tribute to this guy. We grew up laughing. I remember, uh, Bob Newhart was on the big bang theory and, uh, you know, how do you not bring in a comedy veteran like that? You got the number one show. Hey, now I'm going to bring in my heroes. And uh, what a great thing. Uh, let's see. I, I got a movie coming out myself. The world needs a su new superhero. And I got one of my uh, legends of, of comedy that I, I grew up watching in it. So I uh, can't tell you who. I'm not going to spoil it. But tune in. Be a surprise for you. Uh, let's see. He's written articles for Playboy, which... Uh, they used to do that. If you had a dirty joke, you could actually write in the Playboy. And 
they got thousands and thousands of jokes. And if yours got chose, they'd send you something like 300 bucks or something and they'd publish it. But once they did that, then you were a published writer for Playboy. Did that for years. I remember I sent one in once and shortly after that, they stopped doing it. I was like, well, damn, just when I'm trying to get into the game. But um, I, I did get some questions on the Boston Celtics uh, broadcast. So they did that for a while. They were asking uh, questions uh, you want to ask uh, Tommy Hankson and the pregame about the Celtics. And I think two, three times I actually got chosen on that one. So I've been published on he's in Playboy. I'm on Boston Celtics pregame live. Um, hey, you're from Boston. You're a Celtics guy, right? You're from anywhere. You're a Playboy guy, right? There you go. Uh, no, Classy Magazine. Marilyn Monroe was in there. What else can you say? Oh, uh, let's see. Um, uh, he endorsed it, which I mean, I do every episode. I start out with my endorsement of G Vegas Buffalo Sauce because that's my endorsement. But uh, he endorsed Boku, which I guess is a fruit drink back then. Snapple, which of course is the drink we all know. And Search, the little breast mint. So he was a spokesperson for each one of those. And uh, you definitely get big money for being a spokesperson because... I know when you go to hire a comedian, okay, if you want them to endorse something, the price just went up, okay, because if they're going to give you their endorsement, that's more money. Uh, he did he did do some films, which he had moderate success in, um, you know, which, which is to say he never had like this big blockbuster Eddie Murphy big movie or nothing like that, but uh, he, he, he was in good enough movies where he was remembered. They were good movies. They just weren't the you know, big blockbusters and his roles weren't the big blockbuster roles in the movie, but they were enough of good movies where he'd be remembered. Oh yeah, I remember seeing this guy and uh, what is it? Wagon East, uh, Once Upon a Crime, uh, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, uh, The Wrong Guys, Drunks, Game Day. If I'm not mistaken, Game Day was at Al Pacino. Maybe that was another one. I'm not, maybe I'm mistaken. I didn't see it, so I shouldn't shoot my mouth up like that, but uh Hey, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. I remember that was an all-time classic right there. If you're looking for comedy. Um, remember we played the king in one. Uh, <laughs> then he got into some dramatic roles, which you got to do after a while, because once you know, you, you're beating the comedy thing. With even Robin Williams, I remember he did what, Picture This, where he played like the creep in the movie rather than the lovable comedian we knew him for. Because after a while, you have to do something different to keep people interested, okay? There's only so many ways, you know, you, you can you can angle something, then you got to do something different. Well, he tried some dramatic roles in Leaving Las Vegas, uh, Hugo Pool in the Maze, and uh, Leaving Las Vegas, man. I remember that. I remember that Nicolas Cage, and uh, that was one hell of a movie right there. It was one of those uh, one of those thinkers there. It was about alcoholism, and uh, I had a friend who was an alcoholic. Have you ever dealt with that? Boy, you watch that movie, and you, you can really relate to what was going on, and uh, just a, a sad, sad thing. Get help, man. Get help. That's all I can say. Of course, I told my friend that a million times, and he chose not to. But uh, I guess you can only fight something for so long. Eventually, you're out of fight. So uh, some great movies, uh, great names he's in there with, man. Um, you know, I mean, uh, just to be in one of those movies, right? If you're a local comic, you know, he's in all these movies, and we're talking like it's it's no big thing because he wasn't any Murphy. Well, it was a big thing because he had a hell of a lot of hits, man. 2001, he was on the Howard Stern Show, and who the heck wouldn't want to get on there someday because uh, the king of all media, which I don't know if that's true anymore. I mean, certainly it was back in the day. I mean, sure, Howard, he's forever going to be a big thing. It's like Oprah Howard. 
Uh, I think, you know, Joe Rogan, I think he's taking over with his podcast. Uh, I know Mark Marin with the What the Fuck podcast. He was taking over for a while there. Who is Mark Marin? It was like the big rumble. Then he started out, then Joe took it, and he, Joe took it to the next level, again. 100 friggin' million to move it to Spotify, yeah, and I'm selling buffalo sauce, but no, I mean, uh, hey, Howard Stern, he's still, you know, the, the, these guys can't touch a candle or he's done yet, maybe down the road both of them can because, you know, they're early on in the career and Howard's at the end of his, but uh, you have the longevity Howard had and then you're pulling something off right there, so just to get invited on that show with something else. Uh, I guess he went on there to uh, promote a book, uh, The Other Great Depression, uh, about alcoholism recovery. So I guess uh, he's, uh, you know, and some people are up to talking about it. Yeah, I'm an alcoholic. I, I fight it every day. And some people beat it and some people don't. And it is, it, it's a mean disease. If you lived it, uh, boy, you see it every day and it's just, you, you don't even know how to handle it. You know, it, it's just... Everybody thinks they can beat it and, you know, they're going to help the person beat it. And then you realize just, it's not a choice. It's just a big disease. It's like, you don't choose to have cancer. You don't choose to have alcoholism. It, it, it consumes you. Uh, let's see. I uh, had a regular role on Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, which was uh, Larry David's show. Funny enough, he met Larry David at age 13 in summer camp. So can you imagine a kid you met at 13 year old in summer camp, uh, Years later, he'd have his own show, and you'd be a great comedian, and you'd hook back up and do that together. So <laughs> you never know where connections are going to lead you. And uh, I had did some big shows. Uh, I met a friend who's a very good friend of mine now, and I met him on eBay. We were both uh, collecting Sam Kinison memorabilia. We used to bid against each other. We hated each other because we could have got the stuff a lot cheaper, you know, if we weren't bidding against each other. But uh, we both had love for Sam Kinison and we started talking because of it, became great friends out of it. And, uh, you know, he's opened up a lot of doors for me in comedy. And, uh, you know, so you never know who uh, who's going to, who's going to open the doors where you're going to remember what your friends know, who they know, what they do. So, uh, who knows? Uh, let's see. So uh, that's why you treat everybody nice, because you never go down the road when they're going to help you out. Voted number 45 on Comedy Central's uh, Greatest Comedians of All Time. And uh, hey, he, you're not only in the top 100, you're in the top 50 if you're number 45. <sighs> I'm doing this later than I normally do, in case you didn't notice from the yawn right there, because I got kind of lazy on my day off, so now I'm doing this on a work day, because i got to keep up. I don't want to I don't want to lose a week on the podcast here because uh, I appreciate you guys all tuning in. So I want to give you something anyway. And uh, let's see. Uh, it says here that he, he takes credit for the phrase, um, you know, the something from hell. So, yeah, I went on a date from hell. I went on, I had a day from hell. Uh, I had a roommate from hell. Well, I guess uh, he takes credit for that phrase. He says he was the one who started it, which uh, – I guess it's been debunked because I guess it goes back to like old German days where they used it as a phrase or whatever. But uh, he's he he you know he takes credit. He says he's the one who started the whole damn thing. And Richard Lewis wants to take credit for it. He can take credit for it. But uh, I remember the devil horns. Remember the devil horns? Like yeah, the, you know the rocker thing where uh, Ronnie Dio he wanted to say he created the devil horns. And if you go back to an old Kiss album, Gene Simmons on one, and his hand was some of that position. Oh, look at the album cover. I, I created the devil horns and 
kind of this big debate. So you could debate it all day long. Depends on who you're a fan of, who you want to believe. You know, do you want to believe Richard Lewis uh, invented the phrase "the blank from hell"? Well, that's up to you. Uh, possible, you know. I mean, he, he could have made it into a mainstay, whether he created it or not. You know, I mean, certainly made it a a household name. I don't know. I guess the best memory I got of the guy. And I know uh, Dane Cook did this too, because when you're at that level in comedy, you can get sued. You know, you can't go bad mouthing, you know, on TV people or you get sued for it. And uh, I guess he was doing a comedy routine. He was talking about, I bought a car. It was the car from hell. Okay. Which goes back to a statement. And he's like, and I can't say the name of the car. I'll get sued, but I'll tell you this much. It rhymes with Magwar. I just cracked up, you know, that avoids him getting sued, but we all know what car he was talking about once he said that. And remember Dane Cook had one guy emailed him and uh, he was making fun of his father's death and uh, Dane Cook went on his comedy special and he said, you know, I thought the guy had, he emailed me and I thought he had one of the coolest email addresses of all time. And he said his email address, but he wasn't saying it as in, you know, you email him and get back for me. He was saying, and I, I admire how cool it was, but at the same time he got out there and I can imagine after Dane Cook's special, how many messages I got, I got from Dane Cook's fans telling him uh, to shove it. He probably had to get a new email address because he had so many emails after that. So Dane Cook's like, screw you. I win, buddy. So, uh, Talk together. Don't mess with the popular people right there. But uh, Richard Lewis, he was on the uh, Conan O'Brien show, which, uh, man, I'll tell you, for for getting screwed out of, you know, the uh, the Tonight Show, uh, I mean, Conan, he was a big hit with the kids, man. I'll tell you, the younger generation loved Conan the way our parents loved Johnny Carson. I mean, he was just, he could connect that good with the younger generation. And, uh, Let's see. Uh, he was on The Simpsons also. Uh, Richard Lewis, The Simpsons. How many? How I think almost every comedian I've done a podcast, I think, goes back to The Simpsons. So, just talk about uh, just talk about getting everyone, man. The Simpsons, they're right there, longest running cartoon of all time, beating out Fred Flintstone. Let's see, uh, he's on Doctor Katz, uh, The Daily Show. He was on, so uh, doing all kinds of stuff. Richard Lewis. Uh, heck of a comedian, man. He's getting older there. And, uh, but you know, I guess, <coughs> all right, I'm not in my studio and I'm still sneezing. So <coughs> three in a row. Is that good luck? Maybe it's bad luck. Maybe it's good luck. What the hell was I talking about? Richard Lewis, before I started sneezing uncontrollably. Um, yeah, I guess they said the thing about Jane, Joan Rivers, you know, what can you say about her? She had her peaks. She had her, you know, valleys. Um, she stayed relevant for the longest time. And, you know, at the end of her career, she went down as probably one of the greatest female comedians of all time. But that was a big thing they said about her. She was a survivor. Well, Richard Lewis, he did some big stuff, you know, probably wasn't the main, you know, I mean, out of time, he was one of the mainstream comics, but he's never like the top comic in the game or not like that. But he survived, man. He was a survivor in comedy because he was always in something. Had his heights, had his valleys, just like Joan Rivers. And I guess you could say that. Survive, man. Whatever you do in life, just survive. And if it's what you love to do, you never work in a day in your life. Uh, hey, we can all, all hope to have the comedy success Mr. Richard Lewis had and uh, one of the veteran comics. Congratulations to him and Hey, go to him, man. He's still on HBO all these years later, man. And 
like I said, guys started out in the 70s, and here we are in the, the 2000, 2021, and he's still doing it this many years later. That's respect. Knock on wood. Good luck. Long life to him, man. This is Funny Like a Clown Podcast. What do you love to do? I love uh, comedy. I love, you know, joking around. It's a good feeling. I love to make people laugh, so go to work tomorrow. Tell somebody a joke. Uh, I'll give you a joke. Um, here's a joke. You can claim it's your own. You don't even have to give me credit. Uh, go to work tomorrow and you tell them this one. Uh, how do you call a dog with three legs? It don't matter because he ain't coming anyway. Oh, all right. Tell that one tomorrow at work and, uh, hey, make somebody laugh. That's what it's all about. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Good night, folks. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.